0: Hello and welcome to the What If Movie Podcast. The movie podcast that simply asks, what if? I'm Josh. I'm Bryce.
1: And I'm Hannah.
2: And today we're asking the question, what if we combined the universes of Harry Potter and the Alien franchise? I don't know. Sounds risky. It's it's Almost certainly pretty risky. <laughs> now, Normally, of course, we kind of start with a uh, a recap of the movie we're talking about and talk about the uh, first times we saw the movie or whatnot. Uh, I don't think that's necessary in this case because we're not talking about a movie. We're talking about uh, two universes that have appeared in a, a number of different media. And I assume that everyone in the listening audience has at least a, a basic familiarity with the Harry Potter universe, Teenage Witches and wizards, and the alien universe—horrifying uh, alien death monsters. Aliens. And if you would a- like
0: to uh, hear our thoughts on a Harry Potter movie and an Alien franchise movie, you can go back to our previous episodes and listen to our Harry Potter episode and our episode on Prometheus.
2: There you go. It's There's true. a library you can go to. Yeah,
1: we like have done some episodes on some things.
0: That that's great.
1: It that's is super.
0: Great. Now. I really gotta ask you, Bryce, because full disclosure, uh, Bryce didn't actually have this topic uh, read at the ready when we recorded our last episode, and when
2: Tattletale. I
0: and and uh, w- w- he's not the first to have done that. First of all, but but <laughs> the the reason why I'm I'm mentioning this is because I heard this uh, prompt on my own uh, on a tiny audacity file with nobody to respond to after i heard this (laughs) and i'm just thinking uh and asking you now bryce where in the world did you come up with this idea
2: so i think what part of it was was definitely we were talking about star wars and so i had space wizards on the mind um and so wizards harry potter space alien Boom. There it is. There it
1: is. There's the idea. Yeah, and,
2: I, and I'd honestly been wanting to ask a question about combining cinematic universes for a while. Um, and so as I was thinking about the question to, to ask, since as Josh pointed out, I did not have it ready at the end of the last episode. As I was thinking about this, kind of mulling over different, different options, and I wanted things that could interact in interesting ways, but were also uh, pretty gosh darn different. And I think... With the uh, the Harry Potter universe, the Potterverse, I guess we, the Potterverse, not not other options, as we established in that episode, and the uh, Alien universe or the Alien setting, I think we have some, we have exactly that, very different, very different in tone, in location, and just about everything. But I think set up to interact in some interesting ways if we were to make a crossover film. Now, of course, as Josh said, I did I did not express this idea live. And so there was not a lot of opportunity for uh, elaboration on what exactly I meant. And I think that's okay, because I really wanted to throw this out there pretty broadly and just see where you guys took it.
1: Well, I didn't take it very far. <laughs> Mostly because I'm having such a hard time reconciling these two universes in my mind. Like, this, just the stylistically, I'm really struggling... To come up with a cohesive universe <laughs> in which these two things can exist, and and I don't I don't know I can't get past it like I'm stuck. Well,
2: expand on that. Lay it on me. Yeah. It's, those sound like interesting thoughts. Well,
1: I think uh, I don't I don't even know if I have the right words to describe this, but like even just mashing up Harry Potter, which is like such. I mean, it's children's literature and children's Mm -hmm. movies, essentially, are like young adult films. And then Alien, which is like very much not necessarily children's or young adult film. (laughs) Um, So like I'm having a hard time deciding how you how you mishmash the blood and gore of Alien and like the murder and the death with Harry Potter, where like you hardly ever see any blood at all. Um, so that's one of the problems I'm having is just like, how do you make this something that's while well, keeping because I think Alien needs to be scary,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: Like that's the point. Harry Potter not so much. <laughs> so I don't know where the the like happy medium between scary and campy is. Not even Harry Potter's not even campy. That's not even the right word. Um, I don't even know. But yeah, so I'm having having a Fantastical. hard time there yeah fantastical whimsical perhaps whimsy Whimsy. um yeah because alien is not whimsical
2: (laughs) yeah i'd say it's safe to say i did i had to stop and think about it but yeah i guess i'm willing to sign on to the statement that alien
0: is not uh, whimsical.
1: whimsical, yeah. I I think that's a safe statement. Yeah, I'll
0: um, I'll I'll mimic your your thoughts there, Hannah. the The first thing of the few notes that I took minutes before recording this, uh, was PG <laughs> slash PG insights. thirteen. Uh, arrow to R. So how do we reconcile yeah. uh, those now? Um, the the thought process that I, that I had to reconcile those. Is that uh, Bryce's prompt uh, is talking about these universes, not necessarily the characters that we currently know in those universes. That's true. And mm-hmm. so, uh, similar to um, similar to say like the Star Wars franchise, when when it was announced that there's going to be these um, standalone movies. A lot of people got excited that hey, these standalone movies are going to provide opportunities for Star Wars exploring different genres, and so Mm -hmm. maybe we take that sort of idea and apply it to uh, the the Potter universe, and say now we could have you know a horror movie in set in the Potter universe, or like an action movie set in the Potter universe uh, with aliens or with. Um, something of, of that element some space element in there as well
1: I dig that because it might actually help part of the problem I have with Harry Potter is that it did not grow up with his audience and I think people would maybe disagree with me there but it didn't grow up enough with its audience mm-hmm. um, and so you're left I think with with some stories that are too young for the people who are watching it and so I kind of dig that, like if you could just like go all out, have the Harry Potter universe, the magic, the wands, the Latin mixed with <laughs> like some more adult themes yeah. and just and market it to us. Right. Like us 30 year olds who grew up with Harry Potter.
2: Yeah, I, I agree, because I think the yeah the Harry Potter universe has a lot of potential for just really horrifying things. Um, okay. But for the most part, we don't see them because we're just Following around Harry Potter, and so like
1: actually go back in time in the Potterverse, like
0: like. Well, have you seen the uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them? You know, we haven't. I've wanted to.
1: Yeah, we need to. I have not,
0: nor have have I wanted to. But uh, but that also goes into the past a bit, and the reason I ask is because I'm not really sure what the target audience there is. Is it more older? kids more. is it more uh, adults what is it i think it's a pg-13 movie but most big movies are just because they want to draw in audiences so mm-hmm. yeah
1: i think that one probably was more geared toward people our age
2: adults. i think so people who just can't let go of the franchise right
1: but i'm thinking <laughs> further back like ancient wizarding times okay because then you this have some work. cool like beastie you know, like like in by the time Harry Potter rolls around, they've vanquished all the beasties, right? Or like the really big baddie ones. But like eleven hundred Harry Potter world, right? Like like that would be cool to me. You could have like literal dragons or like you know, and you could make mm-hmm. them alien ish. Um and the you know, the story of how the wizarding world overcame these big bad beasties.
2: Okay, that could potentially work with the idea that I have for this universe. Oh boy. So part of my, and I think anyone who's listened to the podcast knows I have some quibbles with the, the Harry Potter universe. It's a very quibbleable universe. Um, and part of one of my quibbles there is Harry Potter offers very little detail as to how magic works. Now I'm not a, you know, I don't want like an explanation, like step by step. Um, but generally it's just attached to like strong feelings, like an
1: origin story, like the first magic.
2: or something. Maybe, um, this is just a segue, so the okay. quibble doesn't matter. Sure, and,
0: um, and you know, the only the thing I'll, I'll add to that real quick is that whenever explaining something, especially magic, you want to make sure that you don't cross that science line and just explain it right. away as science.
2: Yep, exactly. Um, but normally in the Harry Potter universe, at least in my memory, um, magic is normally just attached to strong feelings. You know, the power of love, the power of hate, etc. But, what if... Uh, the Harry Potter universe actually functions similarly to Full Metal Alchemist, not Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, but Full mm-hmm. Metal Alchemist, mm-hmm. um, a series at the end of which they point out these quasi-magical things that they do actually draw energy from somewhere else. Um, in that case, a parallel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, in my case, it doesn't matter where it comes from, but that this energy it's used in magic has to come from somewhere. So the magic use here in the Potter universe twists life there on a different planet, maybe a different dimension, I don't know, into horrible H.R. Geiger monstrosities. Mm. So the origin of these horrible xenomorphs and everything that they they do and the havoc they wreak is actually because of the um, teenage wizards and their chocolate frogs. (laughs) Which I think, you know, going into your idea about kind of rewinding and looking at some ancient wizarding, um, there'd be an opportunity to explore that. You know, maybe this is actually the result of kind of a, a, a pact or something. Yeah. Like the people who set up this system knew this perhaps, but this knowledge was Lost was long time. gone. And so then in the alien universe in the future, we're actually seeing the results of wizards'
0: actions, perhaps
2: unbeknownst to those wizards.
0: Okay, now before I respond to that, I just want to point out that... Uh, Rice is picking two universes where he either has uh, quibbles with, or or flat out dislikes <laughs> to talk about for another episode, and <laughs> and and those dislikes come from Prometheus. Uh, yes. Which now, also now in Prometheus, episode. they they establish. So if we're if we're combining canons, if we're crossing canon streams mm-hmm. here. Uh, <laughs> That means that that life on Earth was uh, produced by the the engineer drinking the black goo, and so thus thus in the Harry Potter universe, creating wizards. Right. I mean, if
2: I if I am forced in crossing these universes to accept all of the canon established by Prometheus, I guess.
1: Well, but that's I think to Bryce's point, like we don't know what makes a wizard versus a muggle, right? It could just be like it, right. We don't we know it's hereditary. right. But it's not necessarily like incongruent with that, I don't think, mm-hmm. right? Like, right. Some person just like finds the magic words. And then that, per- you know, they have some sort of special ability from the black goo that the next person does not. Well, And
2: so that's part of what I like about this idea is actually that it helps explain some of the horrible, awful inconsistencies in Prometheus, because if xenomorph gener- generation is not so much a biological process at, as it is the results of a sort of magic pollution, um, then it makes a little more sense for um, it to not make sense. In terms of, oh, sometimes, um, you know, xenomorphs emerge and they look like this, sometimes they look like this, just according to what the movie makers want to do. Uh, if what we're talking about is not, yeah, an alien reproduction system, but is perhaps that, but affected by um, magic use, then I think you actually, some of those inconsistencies matter less. So I'm fixing Prometheus in the only, <laughs> only acceptable way.
1: Oh, boy, oh, boy. It's gone to his head, Josh. We got to get him off of this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Um, Now, could you reconcile predators? Because, I mean, technically, predators and aliens are part of the same canon. So now we have predators in our Potter universe. I don't want to do we have to
2: but i would watch an 80s schwarzenegger flick slash harry potter slash harry potter
1: <laughs> would schwarzenegger be a wizard
2: no no okay. schwarzenegger always just has the power of muscles okay because yeah.
1: i i do kind of want to hear him speak fake latin <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, I would I would pay good like, money to
1: hear like Schwarzenegger say when Guardian Leviosa, huge huge limb.
0: He probably used uh, people's limbs as his. Uh... Just someone else's arms still holding
2: their wand. Okay, okay, but with your so with your comment about the engineers, as far as incorporating them into this canon, maybe they are the ones in these ancient times, maybe not so ancient perhaps as the um, seeding the uh, life on Earth as in Prometheus, but maybe the the ones that the Earth wizards enter into this dark bargain with. And so maybe, maybe the, the wizards don't know, maybe no one's ever known that this effect happens. Why? I don't know. That's the mystery.
0: <laughs> so You're saying that the use of magic Mm -hmm. on Earth manipulates Mm -hmm. uh, what the, uh, what sort of, you know, variant of xenomorph is produced?
2: I'm saying it's a negative externality in that there is, um, because in the Harry Potter universe, magic just produces stuff. Um, apparently by magic and I would say it is magic but that there is a a A negative yeah yeah there's a cost and there's a negative effect that magic users here on earth are unaware of and in whatever way this is expressed on the other end the place that this energy is being pulled from think of it as magic radiation if you will um, it has this life twisting effect let's call it the Geiger effect
1: so, is that why they they eat us? the aliens they're I, they're mad about this <laughs>
2: <laughs> no i don't i don't I don't know that they're mad.
0: I'm interested about this positive negative energy. So if a dark wizard does bad things, does that mean there's positive Ooh, energy on the other end?
1: That's a good question. or does all mm. energy expenditure equal the same
2: negativity? You guys are acting like I've put way more thought into this hey, than I have. Hey, you
1: introduce this; you got to see it through to the end. All right. I personally, <laughs> so
2: I feel most most attracted to the thought that the the valence of the magical expression on this end doesn't doesn't matter. So that good, all, bad, it just yeah, is all the same. Yeah, I think maybe because the the alien universe like is not a is not a light dark universe. It's not a moral universe right. anyway. No. It's an everything is terrible universe. Right. Um. Whereas the Harry Potter universe is very much a, a light-dark universe, uh, no matter how much it pretends to um, kind of complicate that. And so I think if we're going to bring these into union, the Harry Potter universe finding out that even its uh, m- most silvery, beautiful Patronus uh, is still creating people eating space monsters on the other end and twisting life, life into horrible mockeries of itself. Um, I mean, I don't like that, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> but he likes it. Right.
2: I, I like the the <laughs> complication that brings to the otherwise kind of glitter, glittery use of magic.
1: I I can get behind that, perhaps. Um, I guess I'm kind of thinking, like, if we were to make this movie, right, this crossover movie, the first one, of, mm-hmm. of what I assume would be many. Oh, absolutely. Because it would be a worldwide hit.
2: Well, yeah. A trilogy, but four movies. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. So... That knowledge, right? Like the the person who figures out, oh guys, crap, our magic is causing this twisted life mm-hmm. form. Like I don't. What's what's the action? I don't think the wizarding world just like stops using magic, or do they? And then that's real boring.
2: <laughs> no, I don't think they or is, do. Is
1: it like a fight then? Like there's people who want to stop, and so there's a division in the wizarding world.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, Hannah uh let's say that we lived in a world where most of us just super benefit from the use of of a resource and like the more and the more we use the better it is uh but then over time we find out wow this has really (laughs) huge downsides
1: okay maybe i walked into this
2: (laughs) and and so you know i I don't want to i don't want to say that this wouldn't be an environmental allegory
1: Right, but I
2: I think you have actually just already kind of packaged in human nature uh, that conflict. Um, So you know we might have wizards that say, "Well, this is happening, you know, way over there on on this planet or on this star, whatever. Who cares? Let's keep, you know, uh, let's keep our pictures moving." Now the other ones who are like, "Uh, "No, this is against everything uh, that is good, bright, and beautiful. We need to find a different way to live." What you want us to be, muggles?
0: Yeah, I like that. I think uh, you could have some sort of inciting incident where uh, somebody from a different realm appears on Earth and tries to warn them that if they keep doing what they're doing, you know, X could happen, and they don't stop. So then X happens in the movie, and then they have to fend off X, and then at the end, make their decision: whether uh, what, are, what are, we, are we gonna are we going to stop or can we work well, maybe around the it?
1: begins for a new source of magic.
2: Uh-huh. I mean, frankly, it'd be a more exciting uh, motivation for our Wizarding World bad guys. Yeah. Because, like, what did what what does what did Voldemort want?
1: Harry Potter dead.
0: Uh. <laughs> well, he wanted. Uh, he to, did. He want to kill Muggles. Did he want to rule over Muggles? I
2: think something about superiority? Uh, I think that was more
1: just like his Death Eaters. Like, I don't know that Voldemort really he's cared. Just,
2: like, he's, he's just a bad guy who wants to be in charge. Which, you know, is fine as far as that goes. But I think as far as like really creating a rich and complex wizarding world, you know, if we have this this conflict over the, the effects of the very actions of magic, and so even good wizards have to a- ask themselves... Is even my is even participating in what is my birthright a good idea?
1: Do we still get aliens eating people?
2: I think so because I could see the invite the inciting event that Josh is talking about the opening of some sort of portal from here to the planet or the place where this is having this effect. Um, you know, f- through flu powder or whatever, uh, <laughs> whatever you want it to be. Um, Which would be how that information travels, but also probably eventually some xenomorphs get through.
1: Because that's that's what we all want in an alien movie, Mm -hmm. is aliens eating people.
2: We'll have aliens eating wizards.
1: Right. So as long as that can still happen, I'm pretty much down with
2: whatever. (laughs) (laughs) We'll put that quote on the back of the
0: DVD. (laughs) Yep. I think there would have to be a scene where um the gardening professor i can't remember what her name is but uh unknowingly is harvesting uh the alien eggs and then one sprouts up and it's a face hugger and it latches onto her face absolutely for
2: sure
1: i yeah i'm still struggling well no maybe not i was i was kind of having a hard time figuring out how to make what is not science fiction into science fiction. Harry Potter is not really science fiction, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, but, maybe, maybe you fixed it for me.
0: Oh, you know what? Uh, just for against Bryce's sake, let's have uh, Like one does. Let's have the inciting incident uh the the character be portrayed by Michael Fassbender <laughs> and it be one of the uh David variants.
2: Oh, come on. So can a um a synthetic person, I forget what they call them in the alien universe, um could one of them be a wizard? Can they be wizards? I would think no.
1: I would I would say no, but I guess if we're making up the origins of magic in this universe, then whatever.
2: <laughs> so, in this universe, these synthetics might be animated, uh, rather than by a weird milky fluid that comes out when their heads get pulled off, um, might be animated by magic. And so then, you know, our uh, Michael Fassbender character, I could see him being put into... A weird place maybe he is on the side who does believe strongly that we need to find a new way of life that doesn't involve magic because this is terrible but is also trying to reconcile that with I am
0: literally alive by magic and that's why he puts stuff in people's drinks well now it isn't that one in particular <laughs> uh. which,
2: which which would go pretty well like the Harry Potter universe has a lot of different magic consumables um, and so we're
0: we have some some gateways into that sort of thing, potentially. now, my question would be is is this impending threat um, Is this threat coming to the group of people that the inciting incident happens to, or is this like you guys need to stop now because in the future we get attacked by these aliens who have come back to wreak havoc on us for the things that you're doing now.
2: I mean, I would be most interested in an exploration of this idea where the uh, threat is not necessarily um, imminently to us here on Earth, but there's the knowledge that what we're doing here out there is causing issues. And so maybe there's some disagreement over... Over whether this is an impending threat to us and if that matters. Because, you know, some people might say, regardless of what it's doing to us, it, you know, eradicated life on uh, this planet as far as we can see. That should be reason enough. Whereas others, probably Harry Potter himself, are like, no, man, whatever. We're just over here. This is fine. Uh, this seems okay. We just won't go over there.
0: Okay.
2: Now I do think there's the question of who is this movie, who would this hypothetical movie or this uh trilogy slash quadrilogy uh, be for? I think emphatically it would have to be for alien fans. I'm feeling like not-
1: maybe nobody. Like what we've <laughs> described doesn't sound much like a movie.
2: <laughs> you just you just haven't given it time. It just hasn't cooked enough. Exactly. I mean, I, I think it's emphatically not for Harry Potter fans.
1: Right. I um, think it would ruin their universe for them.
2: Potentially so. Yeah. Um, and the Alien universe, by and large, I think has been ruined by their various crossovers and such and Prometheus. Um, so we don't have to worry about that too much.
0: <laughs> uh, the <laughs> Alien franchise <laughs> was long ruined before Prometheus. That's fair. That's fair.
1: Yeah, that's totally true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I feel like, um, uh, like I, I, I'm down, I'm down with your basic idea of like the origins of magic coming from somewhere and it's a, a direct exchange
2: mm-hmm.
1: from a different plane or something. Okay, fine. <sighs> I, I just like, I that's to me, maybe not enough of a crossover or something like I, Is that enough to build a new universe on? Maybe. What what more do you want? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Uh,
2: Okay, okay. If we need to cross over this more, (laughs) maybe this, like the Alien franchise, takes place several hundred years in the future. And so we have uh, wizards still living apart from muggles, but maybe they've... um, you know, they occasionally go, I guess you could call it, as wizards often live, kind of undercover among muggles, including on the crews of spacefaring vessels. And so we have a setup similar to what we see in the various alien incarnations of people going out in a spaceship, but at least one person on that crew is a wizard. And that's how they start observing this effect.
0: Okay. okay. So, or yeah. I, I I thought of something else here. Um, Thing we talk about the the Waylon, uh, I I can't remember what the dash other name is in the other oh, ones. Yeah. Uteri or something like that. Yep,
2: something like, yeah. Waylon Utari or something like that.
0: Um, they are always um, trying to weaponize the aliens, get them back to Earth so that they can study them and weaponize them. What if? those are the uh, wizards? Because like, we never see any wizards in the alien movies. So what if the wizards are actually the ones that are trying to uh, research uh, these these aliens um, but there's they have other motives what sort of other motives could they have? Because I don't know if they'd really want to weaponize them per se Unless the wizarding world has just been completely run over by dark wizards and they, you know, want to do dark things. Mm -hmm. But but is there, like, another thing that they could... that maybe they want to uh, harness some wizarding energy? Maybe after hundreds and thousands of years, they're low on their energy and so they get this energy back Mm. from these aliens?
2: Okay, okay, so... So maybe, you know, if we con- if we can find this effect to a particular uh, planet, you know, the wizarding energy causes these effects in this planet, causing the xenomorphs and they have overrun and devoured that planet. And because all life except for the xenomorphs in that planet has been devoured, yeah, they're running out of this magical energy. And so upon the wizarding world finding out about this relationship, they're in a weird place because they've found out one our use of magic has this horrible Gagarian effect. But two, our magic isn't working as well because all life has been consumed here. So our magic could continue working if we brought these things to a new place where they could continue um, eating things and expose this magical energy to additional life that it can turn and corrupt. And so then there is an incentive for, you know, perhaps dark wizards to um to spread these things to weaponize them.
1: Yeah, I that that helps me. All right. I think it gives me a little more to go <laughs> on than just like magic comes from aliens. Wow.
2: You you're tough.
1: I'm sorry. I just and I'm still
2: if th- if JJ J. Abrams put this much thought <laughs> into whether or not he liked the <laughs> idea of a movie, we we'd would have, have a lot better movies. We'd have some better Cloverfield movies. Yeah,
1: definitely. For sure um so my biggest question then this is the thing that perhaps is hanging me up the most is like the visual aesthetic of this universe because the whole point of harry potter is that for some reason they're living like it's 1700 (laughs) right like like wearing robes and until the third movie until the third movie right oh robes are are gross uh. nobody likes robes but there's like this weird you know Like they're hesitant to come into like nobody ever has cell phones. You never Mm -hmm. see a wizard with a cell phone like they would they would use cell phones. Right. So like scrolls. Why are they writing with scrolls and quill pens? This just seems inefficient and wasteful. Right. Okay, So how do you then like what does this movie look like with with space travel mixed with apparently wizards who hate technology?
2: So you've got a couple options here. And it depends uh, on how you want to kind of how you want to go about this inciting event. If you decide to handle this interplanetary stuff primarily with portals, it doesn't require a lot of modification to the the Potter aesthetic in terms of the technology they use. If you do decide to go the more futuristic route of space travel, then potentially, yeah, you have to do some you have to do some cleanup there. But I think. You know, maybe then you, uh, these wizard astronauts embedded among muggles, um, you know, are, I don't know, uh, you know, operating technology just to maintain their cover. Frankly, that's part of the Potter universe that doesn't make any sense at all, so I don't feel like I, I should know. have to justify it.
1: <laughs> but it's a big part of the whole it world. Is. Like, that's is. You're right. That okay. visual aesthetic is the Potterverse.
2: Maybe the wizard spaceships are like very Jules Verne. <laughs> like kind of like, like a, a steampunk. Like sails. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> To catch the space winds. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) I was gonna go more of a Tomorrowland aesthetic. Ooh,
1: Tomorrowland! Ah, Treasure Planet. Treasure Planet.
2: Treasure
0: Planet. Planet.
1: Okay.
2: So there's and yeah, I agree that that would be a negotiation because Alien has such a distinct aesthetic. Yeah. Um, Harry Potter definitely has an anesthetic. um, It's a silly one. Yeah.
1: In a way. That doesn't yeah, really it's, make sense. it's
2: aesthetic. It's aesthetic is kind of whimsy. Yeah. And so what happens when whimsy... Um, gets eaten. There's, there's, there's a, like a the tagline for the movie.
1: What happens <laughs> when whimsy, whimsy gets get eaten. eaten? There it is. We've got it.
0: <laughs> Where nobody can hear your whimsy.
1: Hey. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I...
2: Nobody can hear Latin in space.
0: (laughs) I still want to hear Arnold Schwarzenegger say "Expecto Patronum."
2: (laughs) Expecto Patronum. Patronum. (laughs) Uh, I so want it,
1: Arnie. If you're listening, make our dreams come true. So did
2: magic exist before Latin existed? This is a really good question.
1: I I don't know. And do it had to have.
2: It had to have evolved. Right. And do wizards from non-cultures um, <laughs> that did not not derive from Rome, Rome, do they also use Latin?
1: Right. What about like like the African wizards that mm-hmm. Rome never settled in? Right.
0: Or, Are there what? wizards of that sort?
2: I mean, we only learn about two other Harry schools. Harry Potter
1: is the only one we ever know about, so it's tough to say. Yeah.
2: I mean, we learn about Darmstrang, and, and yeah, and then the French Russian. school, yeah.
1: I mean, there have to be, right?
2: You would think, well, in like Russian, you know, they don't use Roman script; they That's use true, Cyrillic. Cyrillic. Um, yeah. turned to my
1: so maybe the language doesn't matter, right? Maybe the maybe the maybe it's like a dog, right? Your dog doesn't know what the <laughs> word "sit" means. <laughs> Your dog just knows that when when my person says this word it means i should do this and like when it it makes
0: these sounds
1: right mm. so like i could tell my dog to you know go take a bath and if that's our word for sit like like she would do it
2: (laughs) so what you're what you're saying (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is a complete this this does not jive at all with what we've established over the last half hour. Okay. But to put this in a different direction. Maybe humans don't have magical powers, only xenomorphs do. Oh. And they're responding to these commands almost not of their own free will. <laughs> um but what happens when that relationship starts breaking down? Ooh. That that's and that's oh. kind of roughly uh, cribbed from Mist 5 End of sure. Ages.
1: Yeah, so like, like the they baffle. become they start to rebel against this, yeah, com- compelling urge to make magic happen. <laughs> yeah,
2: um, you know, and if um, if Alien is kind of a, a quasi evolutionary biological tale, as Prometheus would have it, um, yeah, maybe they're kind of evolving past the point of just um, reflexively performing or pouring in the magical energy that these commands from wherever they stem. Um, have requested and so magic starts not working or working differently
0: maybe the magic makes them evil too maybe Maybe the The xenomorphs are actually you know just like puppies but then the more that they have to expend this magical energy it just turns them darker and darker
1: yeah
2: now that'd be and there'd be some interesting uh, design opportunities there to see like the fluffy bright eyed adorable xenomorph before before it's it's been corrupted tortured into Mm -hmm. yeah
1: this maybe gets me more aliens eating people which is (laughs) as I stated what I want primarily
2: how many wizards (laughs) will be eaten by
0: aliens
1: (laughs) let's get to the important stuff here I'd say many okay perfect
0: and this would have to be post book 7 of harry potter so that we can get a return of some of our classic characters so or that they can we be we could eaten. ignore
1: all of those people and start fresh with new ones who matter okay
0: but but we, we can have a, a cameo of like Uh, Like, off in the distance, somebody with red hair gets tackled by a xenomorph. (laughs) Yes. And you're always wondering. You've got people making YouTube (laughs) videos of, was that Ron getting eaten? Yeah, like frame by frame.
2: And then they're like, well, four years ago in a contract that Rupert Grint had with this production company, which also made the sandwiches for this film. (laughs) Sandwiches. There's $20,000 unaccounted for. Could this be Rupert Grint's cameo?
1: be Like and subscribe.
2: I I honestly think this is. I know you started out this whole thing by saying, "Oh, this you know this mashup it just doesn't want to be." I think this could be a incredibly productive mashup. Definitely more so than Alien versus Predator.
1: I will give you that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Perhaps
2: a, a mashup that this is fit. this is
0: also probably more thought than was put into Alien versus Predator. Well, that's this fair. think tank. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely,
2: man. Once once Hollywood discovers this podcast, right? I, I'm just not sure if the money and the fame will change us, or if we'll remain true to each other.
1: I mean, I think we just got to keep chugging along with the pod, and that'll that'll help <laughs> us keep
2: grounded. So, and visually, you brought up aesthetics. Um, you know, and of course, in Alien, we have firefights with aliens, usually with guns or flamethrowers and whatnot. Um, then aliens, of course, just Flashes of teeth and claws and sharp tails. But imagine those sorts of fight scenes with bright flashes of magic. Magic. So we could get some magic fights that instead of people just hitting each other's wands out of their hands or, like, connecting the beams and pushing toward each other. Could,
1: actually get some, like, limbs blown off. Right, we could
2: actually do some violent stuff with magic.
1: Yeah. I think that doesn't work if the aliens are rebelling against the compulsion
2: Right. Right.
1: So we'd have to go back to the original source. Well, maybe
2: maybe maybe there's old magic which uses an earlier Indo-European language, (laughs) and so it you know magic that stems from maybe like yeah this relationship with the aliens is kind of a kind of an easy way
1: out. But there's a a more Uh,
0: oh well well we mentioned earlier that. What if this was a way of discovering new magic? What if it's a way of discovering old magic? Ah. Expand. Well, so we have uh, these these xenomorphs, uh, being degraded by this Latin magic, and so as a way to uh, help uh, help their race. And also be able to continue to use magic. We find out that there was a magic uh, before that. You know, maybe there was some something wrong with that magic, or it was just a harder magic to learn. And then we found this easier magic, uh, despite the costs. And now we're like, no, we need to go back to this old one because there were no costs to it. It's just a little bit harder for some whatever reason, or maybe the cost is you know, something within ourselves that we have to reconcile rather than putting that cost on someone else. I'm into it.
1: Then you open a new wizarding school. Hagwarts.
2: <laughs> wow! <laughs> such <laughs> such originality, <laughs> such grace.
1: I mean, it fits with the witch thing, you know.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, the pun. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's mm, mm. though you know, Josh. This is I'm, why you keep me around, <laughs> pretty much for this
1: rich, rich material. Yes.
2: <laughs> you know, Josh, if we go that route, we're kind of opening the door to a Harry Potter Alien Cthulhu crossover.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah. So, in in searching for this old they magic that doesn't require right, that doesn't require the xenomorphs, and what are the the roots? Of, of the wizarding world and they find out yeah yeah these you are kind of a shortcut to the magic of the great old one the great cthulhu himself um, and of course there is the the risk there of madness which is why it was which is why oh my god wow
1: his face you guys it's
2: <laughs> which is why it was discarded for this system that placed that cost upon someone else and so in order to defend themselves from the beings that are rebelling against their subjugation by the magic users, they have to take this cost of potential madness upon themselves. Oh. And then in the sec- in the second movie of the third part of the trilogy, Cthulhu Rises again. is called forth.
1: And then we have a wizards versus Cthulhu battle.
2: Wizards versus aliens versus Cthulhu. I dare you not to watch that
0: movie.
1: <laughs> it does sound pretty awesome.
0: I will go to the premiere with my Cthulhu tie face thing. Have you seen that picture? Where you tie no. ties. Yeah, you tie these ties to your face and it looks like the tentacles of Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Tentacles. Nice.
1: Sweet. I guess you have to have a beard for that to work.
0: <laughs> No, no, it's it 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 covers oh. your beard. It's like over your face. Oh, I don't. Right, but I don't do you know how well you can breathe.
2: <laughs> ah Breathing, breathing is unimportant to the great old one. <laughs> you know, guys, this started as just a, a silly, uh, silly romp in some cinematic universes, but this is the non-existent movie of 2019 that I'm most excited about.
1: <laughs> your own. <laughs> my, yes, my own.
2: <laughs> As usual, the movie I'm most excited about is the one that exists in my head and will not get made.
1: <laughs> yeah, I,
2: my, my Wendigo movie still in the works. Wendigo
1: movie is still he is still thinking about this. Yes. Thoughts are being had. Uh, no, I like the idea of searching for the the true origin of magic to call upon this older source.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know about it being Cthulhu.
2: Well, okay, maybe not. Maybe not Cthulhu.
1: I mean, I name. like Cthulhu. Yeah.
2: But that, that idea, right? Yeah. Like this. A um,
1: deeper, darker, mm. truly amoral source. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. you right. You've maybe brought me around. I was kind of, I was not, I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling it,
2: but... You know, for our entire marriage, I've known... <laughs> you know, I just I just don't think I'll ever be able to convince my wife that a Harry Potter and alien, alien crossover, crossover is a good idea. But this day has finally come.
1: Man, it's good to be you today.
2: It is good <laughs> to be me today. And in terms of, you know, if we're going to go all Prometheus and just make whatever variants of the xenomorph that we find convenient... Like kind of a xenomorph, great old one, variant. That's that's pretty extreme. Xenomorph Tentacles but tentacles, yeah,
1: tentacles and a crazy mouth. <sighs> okay, that's funny.
2: That is good some good stuff.
1: So, start lining up. We'll uh, start auditioning.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think. But important question before we lay this to rest: Who would we have direct this? Ooh. And I know Denny Villeneuve. I think it's just Villeneuve. Yeah, D- Denny Villeneuve. Obviously, obviously, always our first choice for any movie we create on this podcast. But he's but busy
0: doing Dune right now. And because right. because we need Go Picture on this ASAP, Right, we uh, we're going we to have to pick somebody who's not else. Busy.
1: We need someone who hasn't had a job in 10 years. <laughs> Who's a
2: director that who doesn't seem to have anything going on right now? Who we could have? Who you would entrust? What about aliens. Neil
0: Blomkamp? Who if did District 9?
2: Um. Oh! I could see, I could see him being able to handle the aesthetic portion of this question. The mashup, yeah, because we would have to make
0: sure that he sticks to our script though, because his last couple movies, uh, I don't know. What has he done after District Nine? He did Elysium, that was with Matt Damon. That's right. And then he also did Chappie, which had Hugh Jackman in it in that robot thing. Yeah, I started watching Chappie on a flight and stopped.
1: That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. <laughs> Not even like, worthy there, of your airplane. There's time.
2: no more <laughs> captive audience than someone watching a movie on an airplane. <laughs> uh, so well, okay. So he he's got something to prove.
1: Right. Like he's this is come his back. chance to
2: come roaring back into the spotlight. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's easy. That's done. Call him up. Um, yep. So all we have to need to do is secure the rights to Harry Potter.
1: Perfect. I'll get on right. I'll just me and J.K. We're tight.
2: All right. Uh, well, Hannah and I were discussing beforehand. <laughs> another positive thing is that if we decide to do this, uh, J.K. Rowling can make it clear that she's had this in mind the entire time. Yes. From the from the publication of the first Harry Potter <laughs> book.
1: It'll be um, great.
2: Yeah, I actually always knew that magic came from the Great Old One by way of xenomorphs from the Alien universe. Uh, it just didn't make it into those books. But it's always it's always been part of the plan. <laughs>
0: It it was Ridley Scott who was holding up her plans. She wanted to incorporate this right away, but Ridley was like, "No, no, no! You're not touching mine." But now that he's completely, uh, you know, ruined it, it doesn't matter.
2: Exactly. Well, when we can, it can finally come out to the world. Uh, Rowling no longer has to keep it a secret that Harry Potter started out as an alien fan fiction.
1: I don't know, guys. We've lost it now, maybe. I'm
2: I'm excited about this. It's a good day to be me. And it's always a good day to be you when you're listening to the What If Movie Pod.
1: That's true.
2: So thanks for joining us, and make sure to join us next time when we ask. So if that interests you, as it most definitely does, make sure that you continue listening to the What If Movie Pod. You can find us
0: on Facebook. At uh, facebook.com slash whatifmoviepod or on Twitter at whatifmoviepod or you can go to our website whatifmoviepod.com alright we have to start giving Hannah the dot com one
1: that means I have to remember it it's not easy I'll give you that
2: (laughs) but until that time comes I'm Bryce I'm Hannah and I'm Josh keep up with the space wizards bye Bye.